Captain! We've been sloshed on it! The trolls are commenting from left and right! Damn the trolls! Full speed ahead! This is Novell Open Audio! Welcome to Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm your host, Ted Hager, and this week we did a press announcement out of Novell about a process for making it easier for partners to supply their Linux drivers for SUSE Linux Enterprise down to the end users who actually have SUSE Linux Enterprise installed. And the press announcement, for some reason, got grabbed on Slashdot and rose right up to the top of the charts and became a Slashdot headline item. I went cruising through some of the comments in the forums on Slashdot and found that there was a lot of confusion as to what the announcement was about. In order to get a better idea of what this whole thing is, get some more details to back up on this press release, Let's talk to Kurt Garloff and Suzanne Uberhauser. Suzanne, Kurt, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, yesterday, you guys had an, a press release come out about SUSE Linux drivers, and it hit the headlines on Slashdot. The comments on Slashdot showed that there weren't probably uh, enough details in the press release to make the techie uh, who is hungry for more information. What is this process, this driver process, about for SUSE Linux? Let me try to tackle this from a couple of sides. Um, in the past, when we released a product, uh, we released a kernel, and as part of the kernel we shipped, there was a collection of drivers included in the kernel. So drivers in Linux are loadable kernel modules. Drivers that are part of our kernel at that time were the only good solutions to get drivers to the customer. It was convenient for the customer if he had all the drivers he needed because they were part of the product. The customer would not need to go anywhere to find additional drivers. But it was also a limiting factor because every driver that the customer would need to get, he would need to get through it. Partners could try to provide uh, third-party drivers independently of us, but this process was very, very prone to errors. Whenever we would release a security update for the kernel, there was a great likelihood we would break the third-party kernel module. So would an example of this be kind of like, uh, say, video drivers? Like lately there's been the big rush for the proprietary video drivers like ATI and NVIDIA drivers because of XGL. This is those kind of drivers that we're talking about? The video drivers are one, one example of drivers to which this could happen. There's other examples where just uh, some fiber-channel uh, card in a computer where we actually could ship the driver, but where a newer version of the driver would be needed to support the customer. Uh, and which just the driver became available or the hardware became available after we shipped the product, there was no way to provide this driver to the customer. Okay, so what's different now in, in this process? How does this change it? So there's, there's a couple of components. One, one piece of this is a technical solution. Whenever we uh, do a kernel security update nowadays, we check whether some of the interface that the drivers would use is changed so the driver would break on the kernel update. So this is monitored by us now. That's one piece of the solution. The other piece of the solution is we work with the partner that provides this third-party driver, and we know about this driver. So we can specifically watch the requirements that this driver has. And when we do the release, we will actually look at the driver, do some testing, and check whether it's still compatible. And if not, a process is in place to get that fixed. 
and I guess Susanna can better talk about that one. The process to um, to get that fixed is either the partner decides to do things himself, or he gives us the code and we recompile his code whenever we change the kernel. So we have implemented a driver build service for our partners so that their drivers are rebuilt whenever that is necessary. And if that driver is then um, GPL code, it cannot, it will also be hosted by us. Okay, so Suzanne, a question uh, on that is, there's a lot of people out there that feel that Linux should be pure and 100% open source, and I know that there are a lot of third-party companies that don't necessarily want to bring their code out there as third uh, or as a open source product. So in a case like that, does this make mean that the vendor uh, has to be 100% open source, or is Novell somehow doing a protection or SUSE doing a protection of intellectual property so it doesn't go open source? So open source, open source is definitely what we want. We are part of the open source community, and we definitely want drivers to be open source. This is easier for us, and it is easier for the customers. And easier for the partners in most cases as well. Then there are partners who believe that um, they um, that their licensing is okay, and basically it's the responsibility of the partner to take care of the licensing of his code. So. If, if a partner really does want to pass code to us under NDA, we will respect this. Okay, so the, the, the customer who is getting these updates would just get the binary. They wouldn't be able to get the source packages as well. That's correct. Got it. Okay. I mean, and we are, as, as a distributor, we are somewhere in the middle between the community, our customers, and our partners in the industry. And we do not want to judge... Uh, what they are allowed to do. We have preference, and the preference, as Susanne expressed, is very clearly open source drivers because that makes a lot of things so much easier for all involved parties, that this is a clear preference. But uh, we are not in a position that we want to judge what people may do and what they may not do. Okay, so uh, let's run through a quick scenario then. Maybe you guys can just give me an idea of what the customer experience would be. I, I use VMware quite a bit, and VMware, of course, has kernel modules that it loads. Every time I get an update uh, for the kernel, the kernel gets patched or something, it breaks VMware, and I have to recompile the VMware uh, kernels. It's, it's, it's a short process for me, but I would really love to not even have to remember that that process exists. What what changes? How does this change when I pull down a kernel patch or something like that? How does the driver update process change now for me? Okay, let's just assume uh, VMware was partnering with us on this process. They would be cooperating with us. Uh, then there would be uh, one of two possibilities. The first one would be whenever we do a kernel update, we actually uh, can avoid making any changes that do impact VMware. In that case, things would be very easy. The customer would just download a new kernel, and the VMware module that he had from the previous kernel would just continue to work. Okay, let's, let's assume that uh, we did this kernel update, and we could not avoid making some change that does impact VMware, for example, because there's some security-relevant change that needed to be done. In that case, a new VMware module is needed for the customer. This, VMware, this new VMware module can be provided... Uh, well, it needs to be provided to the customer via some online medium. It would need to be compiled by VMware because VMware gets notified by us as they are part of this process, or we could do the recompilation on behalf of them if they chose that option. Then, once the customer does uh, pull down the kernel update, the tool he uses 
to install the kernel update, will find out that he needs a new VMware module and would automatically download the new VMware module as well. This is uh, managed uh, by having dependencies between the modules and the kernel. So the, cu the customer wouldn't even need to know this dependency. The tool will handle this for him. All right. That, I like hearing that. Um, so a question on that. You mentioned uh, that there, there's the possibility for Novell to actually have their code in. Would that mean their code is actually in the build process if the uh, fully automatic update is there? Like in the case of the VMware, you said VMware could update their kernel driver or their kernel modules, or uh, Novell, if Novell's um, hosting them, we could actually uh, make the updates for them. How does that work? Is that actually an auto build? That is, that is an auto build that we run in Provo. So there is the Nuremberg auto build and a Provo auto build, and the Provo auto build is for that process as well. Okay, wow. Okay, so partners now can actually get into auto build if they want to go that far. It sounds like that means then there's no kind of abstraction layer or anything like that that you've had to add to the kernel itself. We're just managing this through dependencies. Is that correct? Yeah, there's, there's no community support for an abstraction layer. Uh, so we could, we could not be successful doing this just on our own. That's the reason why this is not an option. Okay, got it. And so there were some partners in the uh, in the press release. There are the, are are there any key partners that are already uh, working at getting their drivers into the system that have already actually put some drivers in? All the partners that are in the press announcement um, are working on that. I think we saw that HP was in there, that IBM was in there, and that a couple others were in there. Is that correct? Yes, that was HP, IBM, Dell, and NEC. Great. And so what if a partner wanted to get involved in this process, like they wanted to get their drivers in? How do they engage with Novell Sousa in order to have this happen? Okay, so the, the, simplest, the simplest and easiest option for the partner is to subscribe for KABI notifications for his drivers that he is building. So some partners may have some QPL drivers or whatsoever drivers that they decide to build themselves, host themselves for some valid reasons. And they just want to be informed when we change the kernel and we have to change the kernel. What they then do is they join PartnerNet, and uh, at least at a silver level, and then they just submit uh, the KBI metadata of their drivers um, through Bugzilla um, to our driver engineering group, and we will handle the rest. And we will notify them then whenever we update the kernel. Um, partners who want to get their drivers out as close as possible as we release the kernel update, they can choose the driver build service. And for that, uh, they need to have an appropriate um, partnering level and um, DS contract because that is associated with more or less effort on our side as well. And then we can build their drivers and host their drivers. The easiest option is they can do it all themselves um, and prepare it all and just submit source packages that just fit the process. Um, this, is, uh, this is very little effort. Um, they can also ask us for services, for support in creating these packages, in doing the bug ports, and in even getting aid in architecting the drivers. So we, con we provide a complete set of services and support around this new driver process. 
So what about the upstream process, though? Uh, we often, you know, this puts kernel, this puts drivers in Novell's hands, and they'll be coming out of Sousa in that case. But uh, do the drivers still end up? Uh, do we end up still pushing things back up to kernel.org? How's the relationship there work now? So uh, we are fully committed to uh, have the majority of our drivers coming from the mainstream kernel.org kernel, and it is in our interest and in the interest of our customers and partners to have the, the drivers there, because this way the drivers will be available on SUSE Linux Enterprise, but also on uh, kernels that other distributors ship. Also, uh, the upstream process ensures uh, good quality. So there's a lot of revenue going on there, testing, that does help the driver to be in a good shape and to work well. So this is the preferred solution, and we actually do advise to partners to go there. The What this process mainly helps doing is an issue of timing. Sometimes a driver is just not available at the time we ship, and we can bridge this gap using this process. That's the main focus. Well, you guys, thanks very much for giving us a few words about the uh, about yesterday's update, and congratulations on getting a process that was compelling enough to get slash dotted. Great, thank you. Thank you. With a little luck, that gives you a little bit more information on what the press announcement from yesterday was all about and will help settle some of the questions that many of the Slashdot forums actually had. Coming up on Novell Open Audio, we've got an interview with the Identity Manager Designer guys, Bill Street and Volker Schäuber. That's going to be coming up on Monday, so watch for that episode. And remember, you can check out what else we're going to be doing, what other things we're going to be interviewing, by going to our website, which is novell.com forward slash open audio. You'll also find uh, a way to rate any edition, such as this one here. So go online and rate the show. Put in a comment and let us know. And, of course, you can always email us at openaudio at novell.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on Monday.